Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager with the leadership team here at Relate365.com. Today, I'm with Todd McElhaney again, a good friend, and, and he's the creative young man that I trust to be creative. <laughs> uh, one of the fun things I have in life is to take the things that I've learned at my age and kind of give them to some younger generational people that can take them and figure out ways to disperse them. Uh, because I'm not sure I, I'm overly creative that way. I like being creative, but I, I think I enjoy, here's the information, how do we get it out more mm-hmm. uh, at this point? Because it's your generation that needs to hear what we've learned. Mm-hmm. And if my age and my presentation is going to prevent that, then how do we do it hmm. kind of thing? Yeah, it's good um, to be back. Yeah. Well, we were talking, if you were listening to our last podcast, uh, and you can get those at Relate365.com anytime, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, trusting God and what that looked like. And mm-hmm. um, if I were to ask you, uh, it, faith is important, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, in Hebrews eleven six, it tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I were to say, um, can you work on your faith? Or is it something you just have? Does faith have to do with feelings? No, definitely not feelings. <laughs> okay, so what, if it, faith has got to be somewhat important mm-hmm. yeah. because God said that it's the one way to please God. Right. So do you want to please God? Yeah, yeah, and faith is important to do that. Because it's the only way. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? That's my question. Um. Well, I think everything has to be put back through the lens of, you know, the Bible, um, seeing how, seeing what the Bible says. Um, yeah, let's, can we take a look at it? Because I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I, okay. It's, uh, I know we, God gives faith, but also we have a responsibility to be in his word. Okay, let, um, let me read to you Romans 10, starting with verse 5, and I'm just going to read it. Okay. And then we'll talk about it uh, when I'm done. It's a little bit longer than normally what I would read, so um, let's just indulge in the Word of God for a moment. Uh, Romans 10, the fifth verse. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that a person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scriptures say, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call upon him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what is, 
heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, that was a long passage to say, that conclusion, that faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of Christ. What that's basically saying is you learn faith by listening to those who know God and live as if they know God. And those people proclaim it, and you need to position yourself to listen to it. Hmm. So if I'm Satan, the one thing that I want to keep you from is faith. And if because without it, it's impossible to please God. Right. So I'm, I, that's the one thing I want to keep you from. And if I know hmm. that hearing God's word and hearing about his faithfulness will develop faith, then I want you to hear about something else. Mm-hmm. Try to stop that input. Yeah, I'm going to try. I, so I want you to be obsessed with football. I want you to be obsessed with that. By the way, you and I play against each other in fantasy this week. <laughs> Just for the crowd to know that we don't stay totally away from all football. But the bottom line is I want you to be able to focus. If I'm Satan, I'm saying, I just don't want you to spend time with God because if you do, you're going to develop faith. Hmm. I don't want you to spend time with people who have faith because if you do, you're going to develop faith. Uh, Todd, you are the the one person in the world that was with me the day that we received a gift to build a new chapel. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. It was. (laughs) We were actually doing uh, radio, and we were in my office, and we didn't have a studio back then, and Mm -hmm. my wife came in and presented a check and kind of bothered us right in the middle of our radio stuff. Yeah, she never came in in the middle of it. No. And it happened to that day. Yeah. I remember it pretty vividly, too, because— Yeah, what do you remember? I remember she came in and put this piece of paper in front of you. It was folded three times, or it had, you know, folded twice in thirds. And she turned around and walked out the door and then stopped in the doorway and turned around and said, actually, you may want to look at that. Yeah. And then I remember you picked it up, you looked at it, looked at me, looked at it, looked at me, (laughs) and handed it to me and said look at that yeah (laughs) and i looked at it and said that's a lot of zeros yeah (laughs) yeah it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars an anonymous gift yeah i I still don't know who it's from yeah from a for the chapel which we weren't actually planning on building at that point Mm -hmm. we know we needed one yeah but we were going through do we build a gymatorium or do we build a gym and a chapel right and wanting to do both separately because a gymatorium is not an awesome gym and it's not an awesome right. auditorium. So we wanted to do both. Yeah, it was really one yeah. of those moments in history. Now, here's, here's what I'm trying to make. In this passage, it says, you know, what you need to do is hear about the faithfulness of God and mm-hmm. immerse yourself into what God is saying and those people who are trusting God. So here, you're a younger man. You are with me and we're talking about things of God. And God uses that occasion mm-hmm. to show you his faithfulness. So if you were out watching a football game and you couldn't spend time with me and you weren't doing that, see, you would have never seen that. Right. Now, that is part of your portfolio now. That's mm-hmm. part of your experience in life where you now can think about, mm-hmm. I remember when this happened. I actually was telling somebody about it just a couple of days ago. 
And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it, see, God used the idea that you were hanging around in the right place listening to God talk, mm-hmm. Bible, and he used that occasion. I, I want to encourage the young people that are listening. Go find somebody who actually trusts God and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And, and listen carefully to what they say. Mm-hmm. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. If you understand that passage I was talking about, that's an exhortation to go out there and talk about who God is, to talk about the goodness of God, to talk about how he works in your life. Why? Because how are people supposed to know of God's goodness? Right. They know about it because they either look at the Bible and see it, or they hear from their neighbor, their mm-hmm. friend, their family. Of people, God's goodness. People that have experienced it. You know, I would challenge people. We've been a part of a ministry here, Silverberg Ranch, which is also Nicolay Bible Institute and The Refuge and Relate365.com. They're all part of the Silverberg Ranch ministry. It's been here. I've been here for 53 years. And if you're a business person and you look at how this place operates, you have to see God in it. Mm-hmm. You have to. And that's part of what we do here is we show the world who God is. Uh, recently, you're wearing a T-shirt today, uh, Todd, that has a uh, broken tree in our logo triangle that normally is not broken. Right. What does that symbolize? Um, we, had, we had an incredibly devastating storm come through. And we lost, I've heard a couple of different numbers, but it was at least 1,000 trees. Oh, yeah. At least. Uh, and uh, amazing mm-hmm. the amount of cleanup, amazing the devastation. Mm-hmm. 36 buildings damaged out of probably 70 buildings. I mean, just amazing devastation. Yeah. So what actually changed about what we do, Todd? Nothing changed. See, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Now, where did you get that from? How did you know that nothing really changed? From being here and being a part of it and that's, seeing what we're doing now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You know, here's how faith gets built. Uh, those of us that have been here for many years, this is not the first time we've, we've had a disaster happen. We also have some very good days mm-hmm. around here. I had somebody come up the, uh, uh, the other weekend, and they looked at me because they know we went through the storm. And a couple of years ago, we went through a, a, a big fire where we lost our maintenance building. Yep, and, I remember that and, too. And, you know, he came and he, he looked at me and he said, do you like living in tragedy all the time? Uh-huh. <laughs> because really, when we lost that building, we lost all of our maintenance equipment for a facility with close to 70 buildings on it. And, and now we lost, well, we didn't lose, but we had 36 buildings damaged out of 70. And, and we had a closed camp for a couple sessions. And again, it was pretty major. And this guy was just wondering, do you ever get tired of these things? And I thought, well... <laughs> Hmm. You know, here's, here's what honestly happened. After the storm, I did walk around the facility several times and in tears, just looking at what the place looked like. Mm-hmm. It's, it took us 53 years to get where we were. Yeah. It was destroyed in 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at it thinking, oh, God, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? But during those times in those tears, God seemed to speak to my heart like, so what has really changed? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we got to send kids home. Oh, that's minor. What has changed about be, your purpose? Be back, yeah. Nothing. 
It's right. Now you get to show me through a storm. Before you were showing me through camping experiences and chapels and campfires. Now you get to show through a storm. Now, that's important for me to be able to share with the next generation because of the 50-some years I've been here, that, that that hasn't changed. So when I asked you what has changed and you said nothing, see, that to me was, okay, success. You have heard that nothing changes. You have seen that nothing changes. That is exactly what's being talked about here in Romans 10. How can you build faith if you don't hear about those who have done faith and done it correctly? How can you learn of faith unless you see it in action? So the job of those that know God and love God, their job is to be faithful. And it's important that we live in a way where the dialogue stays open and where the next generation can actually see how God has been faithful. So if you're somebody, and right now you have, you have no clue of how to be somebody who grows in faith, I would suggest that you're absorbing all the wrong stuff, that you're not absorbing God's word, you're not absorbing uh, the people around you that have walked with God and seen God work. You're not doing that. So you need to demonstrate God's faithfulness to the next generation. Where do you think I learned my faith from? From your dad. I did. A lot. Yeah, I did. (laughs) And you too. When Mm -hmm. you look at your dad, see, our backgrounds aren't that much different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And that you're a pastor's kid and I'm a pastor's kid. Mm -hmm. Yes, I learned it from a man who walked it. Right. And then I learned it from those who are around him who worked up here. I mean, he used to go out and just borrow money and say, no, we need to do this. God will supply And then he would go put it, and he would make a balloon payment for it. You know what a balloon payment is? Mm. I'll explain it anyway in case listeners don't. It's when, like right now, you have a mortgage payment. Yeah. You pay every month. Mm -hmm. A balloon payment would be, you pay twice a month. Yeah. Okay. A balloon payment would be, you pay every six months. Oh, okay. It's called a balloon. It, you know, it keeps inflating, and then all of a sudden, you pay it, and then you got another six months to come up with it. Gotcha. With the next amount. So you would take all your mortgage payments and you put it in a six month. And, and you know, the reason my dad did balloon payments was because he said, we don't have any money. I don't want to have to think about it every month. Let's God supply every six months instead. <laughs> that was the whole reasoning. Nice. And I'm thinking, oh, so it's just bigger. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not there. Yeah. It says you don't have to think about it this month because it doesn't, it's not needed for another five. Right. And you know what? It always got paid. Hmm. In fact, it, he was the one guy that I knew that could walk into the bank in the small town in Wisconsin that's by us. And back then, there was an owner of the bank. And the owner was always there. It wasn't like today where it's all corporate and everything. This mm-hmm. was a small bank that had a guy that owned it, hmm. which probably meant he had a lot of money and lent it out and started a bank. You know, I, I have no idea. I, I don't know how that worked. But when my dad walked in that bank, the owner would come out of his office and shake his hand and say, come on in, how you doing? (laughs) And my dad would go there and say, I need to borrow $20,000. And he'd go, he'd yell over to somebody, hey, lend this guy (laughs) $20,000. That's exactly how it would work. (laughs) And the, the bank president loved my dad, loved what he was doing. And always those loans were paid off way ahead of time. He got to the point where he trusted him 
uh, you know, the bank president trusted him where he walked in. If he said he needed money, he would get it and it would be paid back before it's supposed to be. Hmm. Now, that bank went corporate and they don't do that. I mean, that's not how things work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the, in the, I'll never forget it because before my dad died, he brought me to the bank president to introduce me to him so hmm. that I could have the same relationship. So I could walk in and say, we need money. And he would say, hey, Agnes, go give him some money. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of the, um, that's Now, funny. they did sell the bank and it went corporate you know, before I ever was able to um, work that relationship. But I still, you know, I'm, I'm 63 years old now and I remember that. I remember thinking, Dad, you're borrowing money, putting it on a balloon payment. Because I remember the bank president, you want that on a balloon payment, right? Right. You know, okay. You're putting it on a balloon payment. You have no idea how you're paying that back. Hmm. And, and I'm thinking, how does the world turn here? <laughs> you know, I, I don't yeah. get it. But today when people come and talk to me and they say, oh, you, you've got faith, I go, well, you know, compared to my dad, I don't think I do. But I tell you what, I saw faith. Mm-hmm. I saw faith. I read about faith in the, in the scriptures. I was taught about faith. I was taught about who God is. I was taught about his goodness, his faithfulness. I was taught this, Todd, see if this makes sense. I was taught not to trust my faith, but his faithfulness. Hmm. In other words, it's not that I would believe enough, because that's making it about me. Right. It's that I need to trust that he can supply our needs. I think one of the hardest realizations I came to was during times up here where, as I prayed, I said, God, if you want to close this place, it's your place. I don't know how we're going to stay around. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I don't know how we're going to do what we do. But I don't want to make this about me and pride. I want to make it about you, and this is your place. So if you think that we have done the job that we're supposed to, and we're supposed to be done here, then I guess you won't provide, and we won't be here anymore. And we're going on 53 years now, and God has provided. I was talking to a, a, somebody you know recently. They were talking about possibly joining our staff, and I was telling them, I, you know, I don't know how we survive. You know, it, it, we allow kids, to, for example, to go horseback riding and not pay for it. Because we want the poor and, the, and those who have resources to be treated the same. Mm-hmm. Each horseback ride, I think, costs us about $13. Mm. And we have the horses go out all day long when people are here on rides. That's an expensive offering. Yeah. We don't want to charge kids for it because it would be too much. And we have a lot of kids up here that can't afford that. And we want them to develop relationships with others, doing things for the first time and learning things and being together. You learn that by watching guys like my dad. Hmm. You learn that by reading the scriptures. See, the whole idea of not charging for water skiing and not charging for zip lines and not charging has to do with, let's make it an equal playing field. The whole idea of not rejecting children who apply to come to camp that can't afford it. Let's make it an equal playing field. Let's trust that God would meet those needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even our staff up here, as you know, they don't raise support to be here. Now, you work for a nonprofit, 
You lose money on people who come. You depend on people to send you gifts. Uh, depend on God to send you gifts through people. Right. Um, yeah, that's really it. Hmm. And now we're year 53. So, yes, this is a story that can help somebody grow in faith. Not, not in faith in Dave Wager or Silver Birch Ranch. Because in God's faithfulness. But his faithfulness. Yeah. Uh, one of the great tragedies in life, let me, let me ask you this. When you were uh, going through the cancer with your wife, did you think that if you had more faith that God would heal her? You, did, was, this be, was this becoming about you and your faith? No, that was something I wrestled with through it, though. Like okay. Just recognizing that it had nothing to do with my faith. And, you know, and just, it was kind of... Not long before that, I think that we had been talking even about um, just prayer and understanding that God is His ways are not our ways, and you know, because like a lot of people that are believers these days think, man, if we can just get this many people to pray, God will have to listen to us, and just recognizing that's not how this works. Yeah, I am totally dependent on God, and you know. God would still be God if he had chosen to take my wife home early. And he would still love. Yeah, and that would be hard to understand. Obviously, I'm super thankful for <laughs> how it turned out. Yeah. Um, you know, I have my wife for, you know, every day is a gift. You know, you know but, yeah, I see people whose, whose family and, and loved ones are sick and, and they are in a position mm-hmm. where it, they die. But I see God meet them in a way that's <clears throat> extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. I've had young people come to me and say, I cannot imagine my, my relative dying, my dad dying, whatever it might be. And I would, I would usually look at him and say, well, it's because he's not dying. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're imagining something right now that's mm-hmm. not happening. Mm-hmm. So does God need to give you the strength today for you to go through the death of this loved one? Nope. Well. That's because it's not happening. Right. So think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that, oh, I could never do that. If God loves you, and he does, and there's a hard time coming, and there are, right. he'll prepare you for it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not listening to him, you won't be prepared for it. <laughs> so the key in life is to listen to God. He knows what's coming in the future, and he will prepare you for it. You know, some of the um, preparation for Nate uh, dying. And again, I invite people to go to Relate365.com, look for Younger Older with Nate. Uh, We've talked him through his cancer journey. We're going to put all of Nate's recordings in one spot and give them to his children Hmm. so that they can hear and process in all the years of their life to come how their dad processed this whole idea of dying. Hmm. It's really a precious gift. Because they can hear, which will help them develop their faith. Because their dad is speaking of God and his faithfulness. Hmm. And even if they're too young right now to grab it, we've got it recorded. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give it to them so that they can listen to it whenever they want to listen to it and they're ready to listen to it. And even after he's gone many years, the faith of their father will affect their life. And that's the things that are important. I, I pity those who are listening to us, Todd, who are so immersed every day in movies, media, 
football, whatever it is, that they don't hear anymore from God and they don't hear from those who have trusted God. You need to go spend every day, I think, listening to some podcasts or, you know, I love reading a book. Have you ever read the, the books by Wormbrand? Not yet. Man, I'm telling you, they're powerful. They're just a testimony of God's power. This guy was beat up by the communists. He was beat up by the Nazis because he was a pastor who loved God. He mm. started the, the whole organization, uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Mm. Uh, I mean, the, the bottom line is this guy and his story helped build my faith. Mm. It's important that we have those stories in our life and that we go look to them. Hebrews mm. chapter 11, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Verse 6. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then it goes on and you're going, okay, that sounds good. But then the rest of Hebrews 11 pretty much says, let me tell you what I'm talking about. By faith, Noah. Here's what somebody looks like who listens to God and trusts him. Mm -hmm. And Noah did what? God said, I want you to build this monstrous ship in a mountain mm-hmm. at 500 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go enjoy yourself. And you, you can't help but think the people around him thought, this guy's nuts. He's mm-hmm. building this monstrous boat in a mountain. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get it down. These weren't modern times. There's no way to move it. And then he says, I'm going to call animals out of the woods. Right. Mm-hmm. They're all going to get on that boat. Then the water's going to come. Can you imagine how many things that the people around him thought that Noah was nuts about? But then one day, the animals all came out of the woods and went on the ship. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would think right then, Todd, I'd join them. Mm-hmm. Because that was weird enough. Yeah. <laughs> but then the door shut. And it started raining. And all of a sudden, everyone looked at each other and said, we had 100 years to develop our faith, but we ignored this guy. Hmm. So those listening, who are you ignoring that you shouldn't? Mm-hmm. Who, who is it that has a story that you need to hear so that your faith is developed? And are you making any effort at all to do that? True faith is really not telling God what to do. It's not really about what I tell him what to do. True faith is trusting that God will do, and he does it right. And I rest in that. Otherwise, I've seen people beat themselves up because they say, I just need to develop more faith because it's not happening. Hmm. No, it's really not about you and your faith. It's about God and his faithfulness. And once you get that right, then you rest in the fact that he loves you. Uh, I don't think my wife and I are going, have gone through a rougher time where there's people in our family and people that we love that are just dying right now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if we didn't have the times where we have gone through where we see the hand of God and we see them coming through this uh, being better in the end because they're healed, mm-hmm. it would be tragic. But because of the position we are in life and the things that we have seen and heard, we are totally at rest, and we are rejoicing in the hope that we have. So I hope that uh, those that listen have the same hope, and if not, we invite you to contact us, and we'll steer you in the right direction to getting God's Word. This is Dave Wager for Todd McElhaney, and you've been listening to Younger Older.
a production of Relate365.com, which is a division of Silverberg Trance on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute.